0: Welcome to Living Stones, a podcast of conversations with the people of Red Mountain Community Church, highlighting the victories and struggles, the snapshots and stories of the people sitting right next to you on Sunday morning. I'm Peter Franson from Spirit Blade Productions and your fellow seat warmer at Red Mountain Community Church. My co-host today is Preston Hancock, our executive pastor and also a member of the Elder Board, which I understand requires greater skill than a surfboard and is less fun than a game board. Any comments on that?
1: No, I would wholly concur. I've never heard it quite that way, but I I find no flaw in your
0: argument. It's good. Have you ever just felt like at a meeting, like, can we just skip the agenda items and just roll out some graph paper and toss some 12-siders and just crawl a dungeon together? Have you ever suggested that as an idea?
1: I have not yet, but that would be a fascinating study in personalities, just to watch in the room what would happen at that stage.
0: I want you to, like, fix a small camera like your iPhone to the wall, Yeah, and I want you to act on that. I'll just wear a GoPro. That'll be subtle. Yeah, 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 There you go.
1: (laughs) On your forehead? Yeah, that's right. (laughs) That won't cause any alarm.
0: Um, Okay, so I've been making the rounds with this question uh, with the pastors that have been co-hosting, and I realized I hadn't asked this of you yet, so I want to ask, if you could have another skill set or talent that you don't currently have... Mm. And had to choose another career that you would be successful enough to support yourself in. Okay. What would you choose? So you're not allowed to give like the really good pastory answer and say, well, I would... I just would choose to be still be a pastor. No, you have to choose, <laughs> something, choose something different. Else. You have to do okay. something different and uh, assume that it's involves this new skill set or talent that you don't currently have. Like completely unrelated. There's no way I could have this skill set right now. Like
1: it's a a weak area right now.
0: Um it's either a non-existent or a very weak, you know, area uh, of okay. skill or
1: talent. Okay. Uh then I would say just from a pure intriguing point of view, yeah. restoring custom cars just seems really kind of cool. Ah. Uh, just there's something about, uh, and I, I'm i choosing that one because I have no skill set when it comes to cars <laughs> right <laughs> now whatsoever. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, I mean, there's a part of me that would like to be an author, but I can kind of write now, so that doesn't count. Okay. So, yeah, the restoring co- and then you've got like a completed thing when you're done, and yeah. you take something that's old and busted up, and then it's looking really sweet and nice at the end um, that'd be kind of fun and then drive it around so yeah that'd be fun
0: there is something really satisfying about taking at least for me too taking something old and making it new yeah you know like taking maybe an old I, I used to enjoy kind of playing around with old uh hymn uh hymns that like obscure dusty old hymns not okay. the popular ones yeah, and yeah. kind of rework them and remake them and you know and, and give them a you know a fresh sound and stuff and mm. um, now I restore spaceships. Uh, uh-huh. I find them on abandoned planets and, uh, I restore them. It's a video game called no man's sky, where uh, I, I'm exploring. Oh, it's an universe. actual, this uh, is an, actually a game oh, okay. and you can find these derelict, broken spaceships and you can get them and fix them up and then, uh, trade them in for. So basically
1: you're living my dream. Uh, I am online.
0: I am. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, it's not online. It's offline. Cause I'm a hermit gamer, but. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, there you go. But, uh, no, I think I would really though, like to learn how to train bears, like, yeah. especially There's like... There's a real need for that. Like, those it's, real... It's a growth uh, industry. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, the my favorite that I would want to train would be like those... What are those big white ones? The poll <laughs> segment is next now. Over at rmcchurchorg slash podcast is where you can go to get our poll question and respond to it. Uh, the poll this month was... <laughs> you're looking at me like this. <laughs> that kinda, was a smooth segue. You're looking That's at me a... like this. He's got this stunned expression on I was his face like, like oh. I'm not sure what just happened. Uh, well, my brain was just on a delay. I'm here
1: now. I'm tracking now. At first, I was like, "Wow, that was a fast segue." Oh, that was all
0: planned. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know. Yeah. There you go.
0: I gotta find you. Gotta find ways to like make it different. And, I hear because that's what the kids want. The kids won't listen if you don't do things that are weird and unusual to keep their attention, because that's the true. kids have a really short attention span. So it's, it's for you kids. Okay. Also for you kids is the poll again at rmcchurch.org/slash/podcast. A new one every month. Uh, this month. The poll was, you're hungry, it's lunchtime, where do you go? And I guess there was just two options. Um, 43%, uh, am I doing this right? No, 43 people, because these numbers don't match up. They don't make 100 when we're done with it. So 43 people said in and out And the other choice, 69 people chose Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A over in and out Yeah. On on Facebook, uh, Tracy, I'm gonna take a stab at this, Lucero, or Lucero, but I'm gonna say Lucero. 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 Sounds uh, Italian. I don't know. Indeed. Uh, Tracy Lucero said, not a fair poll. Well, Tracy, life isn't fair. <laughs> and we all have some tough choices to make. Yeah. This was yours. And you just, you stalled out. Life is out. full of difficult
1: choices. And uh, <laughs> this is what's called a forced choice questionnaire. <laughs> that's right, yeah. yeah, that's right.
0: Uh, Judy Wood said, uh, it depends on if I'm by myself or with my family, if alone. I'd pick In-N-Out. It sounds like she's ashamed of In-N-Out and really her love for In-N-Out. Is that how you read that?
1: Uh, either that or her family has a passion for Chick-fil-A and she's willing to throw herself mm. uh, on the cross for uh, mm.
0: for her family. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's that's wonderful, too. That, there you either, go. Either way, it's a community of grace here. So whatever your harbored shames about <laughs> fast food restaurants, we uh, uh, we love you, Judy. Absolutely. Uh, Preston, where do you land on this, In-N-Out or Chick-fil-A?
1: Yeah, I have to admit, uh, I understand the unfairness of the question because it's a tough call. But I'm going to go with In and Out. Okay. would I would choose In uh, and Out, uh, and that's often our two go-to places: are In and Out and Chick Fil A.
0: But they, this new Chick Fil A is almost built. Do you think that's going to change things? Uh, that
1: that is going to shift things. I mean, by the time this the one,
0: by the time this episode airs, it's it's going to be open. Absolutely, as of tomorrow. Yeah.
1: Uh, we are as recording on the 26th. Yeah. Yeah. So it will shift. That is, there is no doubt. In and Out's been around in our neighborhood for a while. The gravity's going to shift for Chick Fil A. It'll be interesting to see down the road where we land. We'll have to redo this uh, question after the new. Ch- it could be bolstered because we're all expecting for the new Chick Fil A.
0: Oh, you that yep. So yeah. So we'll have to see. It is an interesting, a very limited poll. You know, there are some pagans that make good food too. I noticed that both uh, In and Out and Chick Fil A, owned by Christians. Oh, there. Uh, that's true. Are on the list here, you know, those pagans make some good tacos. Uh, <laughs> and the odd pizza, yeah, that is worth considering. Yeah. Yeah. If I had to choose one, though, um, and I agree, it is a, it is an unfair poll. Uh, <laughs> I think I think right now I'd go with Chick fil A, just because I'm really I've been trying to change my diet for like the last six months, yeah, and and uh, I've been making some good progress, and I hate like seeing it get derailed. Holly goes for the In and Out, like when we have our Tuesday lunches together. She's uh, doesn't always, I mean, not always, but I mean like. She certainly mentions that more than, like, McDonald's, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. like that. So, and, you know, I like their shakes. I like their shakes. Totally. But, but Chick-fil-A, they do some good things, too. So, I don't know. We're going to see how They do chicken right. Yeah, they do. <laughs> hmm, they do, but I'm not sure if that's uh, that's a slogan. That or might not. be somebody else's.
1: Uh, that could be. I have no idea. I just said. Uh, At Kentucky Fried Chicken, we do chicken right. There you go. I am a product of uh, commercial. You, it's just sunk in the back of my. brain. Do you remember brain. that? I, does that tune sound at all familiar to and you? And I, the the catchphrase, does. Oh, okay, yeah. but, but it's one of those things where I guess I'm just a victim of the market economy.
0: I think that's like that that melody. I haven't heard that sung since sometime in the '80s. What? That is frightening. Sadly,
1: oh, that would be about man. Right. Okay,
0: yeah. all right. Well, uh, that's enough of that silliness. Yes. Earlier today, Preston and I uh, spent some time talking with Ina Runzo who uh, is from Latvia, and really, she and her family uh, played a significant role in what has now been our long-term involvement with missions in Latvia. Uh, So that was a really neat conversation to have. Uh, Without any further ado, here it is for you right now. Well, Ina, thanks for doing this. Uh, This is like this, doing this podcast is neat for me because there are a lot of very familiar faces to me, you know, in the church and that have been familiar to me over the years that I've never sat down and had a conversation with. I didn't even know your name, you know, and but seeing your face when you came to the door, I was like, oh, oh yes, <laughs> I totally know this lady. But yes. uh, now having a chance to kind of sit down and hear just a little bit of your story, because there's really a ton of things we could talk about. And uh, maybe we can have you on again in the future to talk about some of the other things that uh, that God has just brought you through in life. But um, but yeah, thank you for doing this. Appreciate it.
2: Oh, absolutely.
0: We're going to be talking about uh, specifically um, Latvia, and uh, that's, that's where you're from. We're going to talk about uh, kind of Red Mountain and their uh, missions work in Latvia and kind of how that came about, because mm-hmm. uh, you have a real strong connection to that. Um, But just kind of to start out, how long did you live in Latvia before you moved to the U.S.?
2: I lived there uh, uh, six years. Okay. I lived there from... um, uh, till almost the end of the Second World War.
0: Okay. Uh, Yeah. Were you born there? Yes, I was born there. Okay. So it was about six years old that you you moved away. Okay. Yes.
2: And I lived in... uh, Close to Liepaja, where they, where you have the
1: yeah, we've got a relationship with Pavel's Church in Liepaja. Yeah, okay. And so she was born just outside there.
0: Yes. Okay, and you said that uh, you left during or after World War Two. Uh, it was at the
2: almost at the end of the World War because the Communists were taking over Latvia okay. after the Germans retreated, and. Um, It was part of the deal that the communists would take over Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia. Okay. So we left like in October 1944 before the war was was almost over.
0: Okay. Mm -hmm. Do you have, you know, everybody's different in terms of what they remember from that stage of their life. Are your memories pretty clear of that time, relatively speaking?
2: Well, there are some that are more clear than others Mm -hmm. because we had to escape we were um, i had a brother that was being sent to Siberia because he was um latvian patriot okay and then people like in the city council of uh, um, where i lived they said you're going to be next to be sent to Siberia oh. so uh, they said you don't have any time you need to pack up but if you want to leave Latvia before the communists take over you need to do a immediately so basically what it was that my family packed up um food and um and belongings um clothes and whatever they could carry and uh, we left to go to Leopaya, which was a port and there were a lot of people that had left prior to that um and the ships to go to sweden and other places but we didn't have too many choices there was just a I don't know what kind of ship it was. It wasn't a cargo ship, but a small ship that was going to um, Germany, and so our um, choice was that we didn't have any choice, and we went back to Germany because the world uh, war was over, and it, we thought it'd be better. My parents thought it would best to go to Germany because the Allies were there, then stay in a communist country.
0: Okay, mm-hmm. now we're. Um... Were you a believer at this point, or when did you become a a believer in Christ?
2: Well, actually, I was telling Peter, I always knew that was God. My parents were believers because we did attend church, but I became a believer after we were sponsored to come from Germany to Latvia. And um, I went to a Baptist church, and that's where as a youth I accepted um, Jesus Christ. I think I was what, 15, 16 years old. Okay. Yes.
1: So you were, you went back to Latvia. Is that right? From Germany to Latvia. You said you were sponsored.
2: No, no, we stayed in Germany. Okay. Oh, yes. We stayed after that. We stayed in Germany. Okay. So
0: it was in Germany at this Baptist church that you oh, first Oh, no, came... no.
2: That was back here in America. Oh, okay. that was here in back here in America. I okay.
0: see. So by 15, you
1: were here in the States. Yes. Gotcha. Okay. Yes.
2: Yes by 12 I was here in the United States okay. my family and I okay yes um so
0: and how did you uh how did you meet your husband
2: how did I meet my I was attending um Arizona state University oh okay and um, uh, my friend and I um, uh, knew I don't know actually how it came to be but she knew a friend and said I want you to meet. Steve, and so we were acquainted that way, and that's uh, how I— So was it
1: love at first sight? Well,
2: not exactly, but But, uh, after that, uh, he was in the Marine Corps, and he said, I don't want to drive back and forth just to see—not just to see you—to see you— but so we decided to get married.
0: Okay. Well, yes. yeah, that's a sensible reason to get married, right. you know, avoid exactly. all that commute. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so how did you find Red Mountain Community Church and kind of get connected here?
2: Well, actually, I we were attending another church, but there were things happening in the church. And that... Um, and I don't want to go into in detail, just sure. things inside, change of pastors and things like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, so my son and um, like Paula Benda mm-hmm. and uh, the boys left first and decided they said they were starting a new church and it was at Anziel's Landing. Okay, yeah. And so they decided, decided to go there. So after that, they said, Mom, you need to come to Red Mountain Church. So both of our families, we decided go ahead and do that, not under any better circumstances or anything like that. Mm-hmm. We just decided to go ahead and make the change since um, our family was going over there. So that's how it came about.
0: Okay. Yeah. Now, what I kind of want to zoom in on a bit is, uh, you know, we've mentioned that you're from Latvia, but, The church, Red Mountain Community Church for a long time now has had a relationship with uh, Latvia in the form of uh, missions. And uh, so how did mission trips to Latvia start, and how did your family specifically play a role in that?
2: Okay, my family uh, played a role because my mom was still alive, and uh, Scotty became a youth pastor here at Red Mountain Community, and so Paul was involved in that work as well okay. in the youth ministry and so it just uh, my um uh, scotty and i went to visit my mom because she was uh, er- elderly and and they visited with her and she told scotty she said uh, scotty you need to go to latvia because a La- lot people of latvia need you mm. and actually that's what, uh, what um kind of put the idea in their head. But there was also uh, that Dustin Peterson, afterwards, mm-hmm. after the, my meeting with mom, that they um, uh, he had been a missionary to Latvia, and he told uh, Scotty and Paul that they needed people to go there and missionaries because they were leaving, I think, the the, the mission field and going back. To coming back to america and so actually that's how it came to be
0: okay so
1: now did that start off with with scott moving over uh or no. did it start just with him taking trips of students from uh, Red
2: Mountain? Uh, no actually um it was a little bit later after they talked to mom um my mom and talking to paul they decided that they uh uh, would, and talking to Dustin, who, mm-hmm. who was very important in their and their decision and other, because it was not coincidence. You know, God put him there for a purpose because um, he was leaving, and he said they need people. So it was just a lot of different circumstances that mm-hmm. came to be, and so they took a trip. O- um, took a trip over there, and. Um, uh, because they had connections from this Dustin okay. that they, that they already knew there, okay. so it wasn't like they went uh, uh, without knowing anybody. They were they had co- uh, connections there,
1: okay. okay.
2: So and that was um, the first time they decided to go over there, and I went with them, and uh, and that, that was I can't recall the exact date, but I think it was like in nineteen. 19- 98 or 97 sometimes in that Mm -hmm. area okay so after they met um with the uh some of the latvian leaders that's when after that they started going back every year and building up relationships and things like that
0: okay so at this point um just to help people connect the dots that maybe aren't haven't done that yet um you when you say Scotty you're talking about Scott Runzo who was yes. the the first uh, youth, pastor youth pastor at Red Mountain Community yes. Church. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um who I remember I was uh, in the youth ministry at the time yes. that, uh, that he was oh, that he was well. leading that. So okay. Um and so he had already started in that position and then um Yes. Uh, there's, he took the trip to Latvia?
2: Yes, he and Paul, and actually Paul Lavenda was a very large part of that because he was the organizer, and he okay. he really put his whole effort into it, organizing and planning, mm-hmm. the planning of it. So he he was a really big part. He and Scott worked together. They were working together because it takes a lot of planning to something like that, a new country where you don't know. So they really worked very hard. Okay. But yes.
0: Now I'm told that like in addition to uh, the urging that Scott got from someone else to go back to Latvia, that there's, did he have a dream of some kind that kind of, kind of pointed him in that direction? Well, no, actually,
2: well, he did. And he told me just a little bit about it, like God, he said, I had a dream and God was speaking to me that he needed to go to Latvia. Hmm. And it came to be after he had talked to my, uh, talked to my mom. And things like that, and um, and there were just by circumstances that he met certain people, and the dream that uh, that w- uh, was inspirational, in the fi- in his final decision to do that.
0: Mm-hmm. What uh, you know, you mentioned this idea that uh, Latvia needs uh, missionaries. That was expressed to Scott. Um, yes. What's what's going on in Latvia, or what's been true in Latvia that? Um, that has um, that's made it such a made there to be such an, an urgent need. What's what's the need that's been in Latvia?
2: Well, I relayed to him after I went to uh, still under communism that in Latvia, just like any other uh, country that has been under communism, which they were a Protestant country before, mm-hmm. but all, all the churches and the synagogues were. Oh, uh, even the synagogues and and um Catholic churches they were closed and actually used as um um uh, libraries or uh-huh. the concert halls, hmm. so they didn't really have that many places to worship there were there were some mm-hmm. but as far as um, compared to america I mean that was after um the communists took over there was no longer there okay. Mm-hmm. So freedom uh, I mean freedom of speech and te- church attendance was um uh, pr- practically nil. Okay.
1: Was it a dangerous place for your mother and other believers to to worship?
2: Well my, well but see in in between time we are we had already come to Latvia mm. uh, uh, to Amer- uh, to America mm. and uh, I still had a brother there. Okay. I had a brother that um uh, after the Second World War, he went back to Latvia, so we knew that we had relatives there, and I I had a cousin there that lived in Leopie, and so um, the urgency was my mom was uh, uh, thinking about them and not knowing um mm-hmm the relationship with God and the worship. And Mm -hmm. so it was concerning for her. And since she made the connection with Scott and Paul being involved in church and they were thinking about, about doing something like that. Mm -hmm. um, That's uh, when the idea actually came about. Okay. Yeah.
0: Now you have been back to Latvia uh, more than once. Yes. Um, So what was that? experience like and what, what kind of changes have you noticed happening in Latvia over the years as you've gone back to visit?
2: Um, oh, I think there's been tremendous changes um, in that area. The first time um, when I went back, uh, Latvian people are not as outgoing as Americans are. Mm-hmm. So okay. they so
1: Yeah, they're very reserved.
2: Uh, they're very reserved, and they
0: don't— We're have... just out of control here. Uh, yes, absolutely. <laughs> Go <laughs> and, to a restaurant, uh, crazy right, loud, right, right? not so much over it,
2: there. Uh, so it was actually building relationships with mm. some of the people, and there was especially a church in, in Leopold that they knew, and, and there may be another church, but it was just building a confidence and trust— between even the churches and what Latvians Latvians are mostly Lutheran. Okay. So um, it, it was just um, a trust issue, basically at mm-hmm. first. And once you trust
0: with the the Christians
2: the Christian, that wanted to work there. Exa- yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly.
1: And not to harp on this too much, but I mean, given the climate for Christians, it it was probably it wasn't the the safest. They probably didn't feel as safe talking about their faith because of history, right? No,
2: uh, because they are are reserved. And, of course, the history, they still remember the history. It hadn't been that long since Latvia became free after Scott and Paul went over there. Mm. So it was still, it was a touchy situation at that time.
1: Yeah, because I think I, we just toured when we were last there, uh, the the KGB Museum in, in Riga. And, right, and it closed in 1991, so mm-hmm. it really wasn't that long. Long, ago, wow. absolutely. Yeah. yeah, so that history would have been fresh in their minds.
2: Yes, absolutely. Was well, I'm glad you brought that up because that's really, really true. Like the Latvians being reserved, and they didn't know who to trust because Germany came and took over their country, and then the communists, and that was totally a whole another situation. Mm. And so you had to build relationships with people. And I, I think that's very important.
0: Mm-hmm. So. When I, was the last time that you were there?
2: The last time I was there was probably, I think, eight years ago.
0: Okay. Yes. And what from that trip would you kind of reflect on and as far as like any changes that have come about in Latvia?
2: Well, the freedom to e- express and knowing. Um, and I worshipped uh, several churches when I was there, hmm. and the ch- um, there were definite changes in the uh, in the churches. There was not as reserved. There was more joy. Mm. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, uh, joy that was like. I mean, God is personal, mm-hmm. and so was it was. Um, it was just not a religious duty to go to church, but it was more joyful. That's great. Yes. And I was able to talk to, uh, you were able to talk to freely to more people like my cousins and different things like that about uh, situations like that.
0: Mm, That's great. Um, Bob Fox specifically wanted to know, uh, what keeps you so optimistic are you of, known are you known for being optimistic? Uh, no, I'm I'm actually basically a reserved person. Okay. Well, Bob thinks you're optimistic.
2: <laughs> well, <laughs> well, no, but oh, what keeps me optimistic because I just remember this one verse that I have. All things work together uh, for good that love God according mm-hmm. to his purposes. So, mm-hmm. uh, I've seen through the worst of circumstances People still believing. Hmm. I I think I believe that God has given us an inner spirit that we are still searching. Hmm. And I I, I uh, for me, I just never gave it up, even though the hardest times. Uh, what else do you have to hold on to? It's God. That's hmm. the hmm. only certain thing that we have. Hmm. And if we don't have that, then we lose hope. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I always thought, and I'd look back, and I pray about it. I, I said, okay, well, God can't use me, but it's, uh, of course, it's not true. Yeah. And um, and I feel now that I look, I look back for all the things that I've seen how God, I've seen God work, mm-hmm. even of the most tragic things that that happened. I've seen God work and. And uh, I think there's a purpose for it without him. Uh, sometimes life is not worth living.
0: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. That's certainly like searching for grounded hope in God is something I've been processing a lot more in the last couple of years. And mm. we've just seen tragedy in our church recently, you know, and and, I mean, so there's so many stories, so many hard things going on in the church right now at Red Mountain, so uh, I know that a lot of people are uh, searching for hope, and so I appreciate you just sharing that perspective. Um, Preston, how, let's see, how long and how frequently now have we been doing uh, missions in Latvia?
1: We have been uh, consistently going to Latvia since Scott Runzo started, Uh, so... Yeah, I'm not exactly sure when the, the first date was, but it's somewhere around 1998. Okay, yeah. Uh, and and just about every year since. There might have been a few years in there where, uh, where we didn't send a team, but that, those would be the exception rather than the rule.
0: And what's usually kind of like what we are the the length of time a team is over there for and the purpose for them yeah. being over there so uh our you team... didn't know you're gonna get interviewed a little bit didn't did
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah so um Scott as he went over uh, began to partner with mission uh, mission agency called Josiah venture whose sole purpose is to establish thriving student ministries <gasps> and various aspects of uh the um, Eastern Europe, okay, and so uh, he formulated what's called Josiah Venture Latvia, okay, and so that became then the 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 hosting organization. We would send teams to partner with them, okay, and what they would do is they would find partner churches throughout Latvia uh, who were trying to grow a student ministry, and these teams could actually help them by attracting students and and kind of building some momentum, and then they could build relationships and. And win students for Jesus. So, um, so that's the the context that our teams have been going over. And the trips are usually somewhere
0: around uh, ten days to two weeks. Okay. And do you happen to know if like that same cultural reservation is kind of passed down to the youth, and if that's kind of if you've seen any change in that? Do you know one way or the other?
1: uh among the students, it's it's interesting. The internet is creating, you know, this oh, real. sure. You know, like everybody's yes. just kind of being very similar. So mm. as you go over, uh, just like here, you see students on their phones and they're watching YouTube and yeah. TikTok and they're Marco Poloing. Like most of the students really connect with are the people from our team once they return through Marco Polo. So you see that. I knew
0: two of those social media things that you mentioned. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm very yes. proud of myself. <laughs> if, if I didn't have teenagers, I'd be ignorant.
1: so. Uh, but uh, but in that, like I just recently asked, uh, Edgar Dexness is the the head of JV Latvia, like mm. okay. so Venture Latvian. Yeah. Yes. So I was just asking him. So uh, for for Latvians, what do you guys do to connect? Like, do you mm. invite each other over for dinner? Do you do that? And he goes. No, we don't do that. <laughs> uh, they, they really just don't, like, have people over in their homes for dinner, and they don't... They, they might meet up at a restaurant occasionally, but they they just don't really have people over in their homes as much. It's not mm. as common a thing mm-hmm. um, because they're more reserved. So some of it's just cultural. Like, okay. you might say the British are reserved. Okay. Um, but in terms of an openness and, and looking over their shoulder because of history, I don't think that's happening anymore. Okay. I think there's there's... Definitely a, a lighter sense of freedom. Uh, it was a very heavy moment walking through that KGB museum and realizing the last two prisoners were released in 1991. Wow! Uh, and what they went through wow. uh, was horrific. Mm-hmm. Um, so to know that the history is that recent, yeah, was sobering. Um, but but as a culture, they've they've come a long way. Yeah, in that.
0: Wow. Ina, thank you so much for making time. And Preston, is there anything that we haven't covered that you wanted to touch on or comment on?
1: Well, there's. A, I, I would just agree with Peter. There's. A, there's a lot we could talk about just in terms of your story and what was that like for you, just traveling to these different countries and and that sort of thing. Um, so, so you can save that for a future podcast. That would be oh, absolutely. a wonderful, a wonderful Peter, story. My pleasure. Absolutely. Um, but for our our ministry, I guess the only question I have for you, Ina, is what is it like for you now to see us now partnering with three different churches in Latvia and us establishing relationships and connection, knowing that in some way, well, not in some way, in a fairly instrumental way, the Lord has used you and your story uh, to bring that about? What is what is that like for you?
2: Oh, I, I can't even express the, the joy that it that it brings to my heart. And I think it's just for an ordinary person like me that uh, God can use anybody. And uh, uh, if you're willing to be used, then I can see God's work there. And it just bring, brings joy to me that uh, we're making connections and uh, with people in America, mm-hmm. because America was always the country you looked up to and mm. things like that. So yeah. it becomes uh, more real, and um, it's a, like an answer to prayer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It is truly an answer to prayer.
1: That, it, uh, it's amazing for me just to see how hear how one conversation. You no, obviously, you spoke to Scott as he grew up, but. Here you, you bring him to meet your mother, and here's this one challenge. And like you said, God orchestrated these connections. And here we are now. Countless students have been impacted through the ministry of Red Mountain, and that's humbling. Um, and the Lord used you.
2: It Well, that's what I think, too. I I, I think sometimes we have a tendency to feel insignificant or we, we can't um, serve God enough enough in a way that would be worthy of him. Mm-hmm. So, but it doesn't make any difference. God, God can use anybody if you're just willing.
0: Amen to that. Yes. Well, thank and, you again, Ina. Thanks.
2: And I, I, I mean, I love Great Mountain Church and I think it's great to meet the ministry that they have and it's still here. It's really, it's God's plan.
0: It is. Well, we're grateful for you being open to how God would want to use you and your family. So thank you again. Oh, thank you. All right, Preston. Hey, what, uh, what was maybe one thing that stood out to you from our time talking to Ina?
1: Yeah. Um, it's, it's hard to pick one, because like I said, there's some of her story that I would love just to drill down and hear more. But I think um, some of what she talked about of just how um, she, even though she's been through so much, and we sit there and we go, hey, you could write a book, she really just saw herself as someone insignificant, was her words, Yeah, and how the Lord has used her just with a... Uh, and she wouldn't even say that. Someone, I think she, she even... Use third person. The Lord could take someone who feels insignificant Mm -hmm. and really use them if they're obedient. Yeah, and um, and through her story, that just really impacted me because all she did was encourage her son to have a conversation with her mom. Yeah, and then and and encourage Scott, and then and here we are now with uh, a, a ministry that has impacted hundreds, if not more, students for Jesus. So that's that's. Yeah, I'm gonna chew on that one for a bit. That's yeah. so impactful.
0: That's exactly the thing that stood out to me. You stole my thing. Yeah, speaker. well yeah. <laughs> a... But yeah, I mean we uh are so um in, in America, more so maybe than other countries, focused on this idea of being significant, being the hero so the, the hero, the main character in our own story and stuff like that, you know. And, and I've so, gotta be free to express myself in that. Yeah, and... yeah. And uh and so it's uh it's wonderful and encouraging to hear how god uses someone who um at least by their own estimation just feels like a cog in a machine like they just they didn't do anything really significant they just Hmm. lived this normal life but god used these specific moments in ways that they couldn't have anticipated you know so yeah yeah um well that is gonna wrap it up Pretty much for this episode of Living Stones. You can follow Red Mountain Community Church on Instagram and Facebook and go to rmcchurch.org slash podcast to participate in our podcast question, leave feedback for us, or leave a question for our guest. I just bit my lip. That hurt a little bit. Did you see that happen? <laughs> I did not see it happen. Man, I felt like you must have been able to see that. Well, I my... saw the pain across your face. Gosh, there was a, you saw a little like twitch in my eyeball. Did. yeah. Anyway, on our next episode, we're going to be talking with Jeff Davis, who will share about his experiences as a believer teaching government. I used to substitute oh. teach for Jeff Davis back when I was okay. studying, uh, And also, he's going to talk about running for political office and serving in the church. So I'm looking oh. forward to hanging yeah, out that's and chatting with Jeff. Again, you can go to rmcchurchorg podcast to submit your question for Jeff, and you may just hear it read on the next episode. In the meantime, I'm Peter Franson. And I'm Preston Hancock. I'm glad you still <laughs> know your name. Oh yeah, it's good. Thanks for listening. We'll see you on Sunday.